This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to episode 125 of the Broadcast Church Planting Podcast. We've recently been doing a series with Tim and Matt Simmons talking about church planting mistakes. And today is the next episode of that series where they're talking about whether numbers matter in the early days of a church plant. You can find the full notes on everything that Tim and Matt have to say at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 125. So here are Tim and Matt Simmons. Okay, welcome to the Broadcast Church Planting Podcast. Uh, I'm Tim Simmons. Uh, from Manchester, work for Christchurch Manchester, have planted uh, a number of sites of CCM. And uh, I'm with my brother, Matt Simmons, who planted Liberty Church Amsterdam uh, with his family. Uh, and we are looking at the uh, mistakes that church planters make, or even the mistakes that are made in church planting, really as a way of thinking about the, uh, the journey that church planters go on in growing in self-awareness, uh, that kind of emotional journey, but also strategically working out what works, what doesn't work, uh, how good you are at something, how, how you know how important the planter is in the mix, all of that sort of stuff. Uh, and just we we thought that looking at the mistakes might be a just an interesting kind of fun way of doing it. Uh, and so today I want to uh, talk about something which I always struggle with in church planting, uh, and that is with uh, numbers. Uh, and this idea that numbers don't matter, and I, I would I'd hear this quite often. Um, so, I, and I I would say that I've always been very pro number, <laughs> um, but would often find that in the kind of church leader, church planting world, that um, that others would make the mistake of saying numbers don't matter. So I'm guess I'm I'm saying this isn't my mistake. I'm pointing the the finger of accusation at others and saying uh, you have made this mistake. So we'll see how that goes as a conversation. Uh, but really, this idea, uh, especially in the early days, but actually I, I think it's relevant at all stages of church life of how you as a pastor or as a church planner deal with the issue of the number of people that you have in your church or, or thinking about what data it is that you need to work out whether your church plant is is growing in number of people but also in in health and in discipleship to Jesus and all of those things kind of what you are looking for uh, and I I found that people have been quite dismissive of the the actual number of people in a church as being a, a factor in that. And people would be quite snobby and look down on that sort of thing. Um, so I, I wonder what you thought of that, Matt, whether this is something you have had to journey with as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the reality is that you're right. Numbers do matter. And I think um, often when people say that they don't matter, they're probably just trying to protect themselves protect their own hearts in a sense because it's all the time you get asked that question yeah how big is your church how many people attend on a sunday how many adults how many members whatever the question is yeah Uh, particularly when you start most church partners probably lie because they'll say something like oh around about 12 people which is stupid because you've only got 12 people in your church you know exactly how many (laughs) any idea that you can just approximate it is ridiculous um, yeah. But I think definitely well, is that 
12 people for me is 15 to 20. But, uh, <laughs> I got 12, so in my head I think, yeah, I got 15 to 20. And at that point people go, oh, you're doing well. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> I think I made that mistake a couple of times early on of, of over-exaggerating the numbers, maybe sometimes only by one or two people. And then having the same conversation with the same person a few months later and them asking the same question. Yeah. And me thinking like, oh, well, now do, do I keep over-exaggerating? Because if I, now we've added one or two people. So I can honestly say we have 14. But should I now inflate the numbers again and say we have 16? Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I, I think it's for me it was something I had to really think through that, in one sense, the, the early days of church partnering, you can get too caught up in numbers. And I, I probably did say that they didn't matter because we were living in a new country. There was us and two other families from the UK, two Dutch families we connected with. So really, particularly for those of us who have moved, it, the first two years were like, oh, good grief, let's just, we just got to make life work. Yeah. So if we get too obsessed about growing this thing too soon, then we're not actually going to do the probably the maybe the more important thing of just making sure our family and our kids are happy and that just making life work. Um, so in a sense, I probably did say numbers don't matter um, or at least words to that effect. So I think I was probably right. But on the other hand, I probably also sometimes said it just because I wanted to protect myself from the fact that at certain points along the journey, we weren't growing or had plateaued even for a short time. But in those short times, it can sometimes feel like it's a, a long time. Um, so then you can kind of fall back on that. Excuse, oh, it doesn't really matter. You know, we've got a good core of people and we're having a good time. Yeah. But the reality is... <laughs> If a church plant isn't growing, then that that's um, not necessarily a fatal problem that the thing needs to be axed, but it's something that at some point you're going to need to address because you can't sustain yourself long term if you've only got 10 people in the room. Yeah. Well, you can, but you've then got to com- you might have to completely rethink your model of what you're actually building there. Um I think maybe you should have some questions about quite what it is. If there's just ten of you, I think that's interesting. The um, what you said about your first couple of years, I think you're absolutely right, and that would be a different experience to mine. I mean, I moved from Birmingham to Manchester in the UK, so it's uh, moving from Brighton to Amsterdam is um, much more of a cultural leap. So there is a cross-cultural issue there um, that needs to be. But even then, in, even saying, okay, what matters at the moment is this is Settling everybody feeling like they find in their feet in a foreign culture actually is a is a good is a good way of processing the health of your church plant at that stage, isn't it? Yeah. If, I, you know, we all know people who have gone to um, to foreign cities, foreign towns, and it's just them. And in fact, they may be the only Christians in the whole town. And I've heard about some of those recently. It bends my brain. Um, and them actually, numbers for them are really important. Because if they go from their family to their family plus one other family, then that's incredible, isn't it? So there's a, you know, there's, you know, there, there's context to be built into these things. So I guess I'm not interested in the, the, 
the quantity, but the, the, the increase, I suppose, is what I'm, I'm thinking about. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think uh, uh, there have been any number of church meetings I've been in where it's the same situation as you, where pastors will ask each other, oh, so how many people do you get on a Sunday? And it's like a, if, if being a pastor of a church is a trade, it's the trade question that if you're not asking it, you want to ask it and you want to know it. Uh, and actually, I've noticed that um, there's increasingly variety of ways that people answer that question. Some people now answer it based on the number of kind of contacts they've got in the community who come to events but aren't Christians and them themselves probably wouldn't say I'm a member of the church. But if they're a church that has like multiple community activities, they would start counting this. So there's one guy I know is like, yeah, I've got 700 people. And you're thinking, I know that you'd have significantly less number of church members than that. But he would say, yeah, but it includes all of these other contacts and which he would argue, and he may well be right. I'm, I, I don't know, to be honest, that, you know, because we're going after an increase in kingdom and influence and serving our community, then actually what we're counting is the, the influence locally more than anything else, which I think is interesting. I, I struggle with it a little bit, um, but that's just me more than anything else. That might be a, that might be just a church planter way of thinking. Yeah. I, I think numbers for, I definitely, I could talk from the church bar experience because I, I know that better, but I would imagine it's probably true for leaders at any stage of your church's life. But numbers, I think are, or how you deal with numbers can be a bit of a good indication of what your, the state of your heart is at as a leader, I think. Because if you're, I remember hearing about somebody uh, who was part of a church movement where the, the guy who was kind of overseeing their church would ring him every Sunday evening and ask how many people had responded to the gospel in their Sunday morning service. We asked him the same question every week. Um, and, and the story was told as like a positive thing of, oh, those guys are so passionate about reaching people uh, and about seeing the lost saved that they want to be kind of accountable on it and they want to, you know, drive each other forward. And, and if they are receiving it like that, then I think it's not necessarily a bad thing. But I remember hearing that story and thinking, I, I would not want someone to call me and ask me that question every week. And if they did, I think it, I just would, it would deflate me week after week. And I just I wouldn't, wouldn't want that to happen. I'll, and I would stop answering the phone. I'll, I do not want to talk to you. And one of the things I've appreciated of working with Joel Virgo, who leads the church in Brian, where we came from, and who's kind of oversees us in, in a similar sense, is that when he, the questions he's interested in are, are, well, how are you doing, Matt? And how's Joe? And how are your kids? And he's, he's asking questions about our, our own walk with God and, and where our heart is at and, you know, just how we're doing. It's not that he's not interested in the numbers, but that's not the first port of call. But maybe that's just because he knows me. And I think if if someone was asking about numbers all the time, I would just stop answering the phone calls, I think. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting in the in thinking about numbers in terms of whether it's Sunday by Sunday, whether you are growing, um, and which is just an impossible. I can't imagine that. Um, to think, am I, is this thing growing every week by salvation or by people moving into the city or whatever it might be? Or, or like the data there is the quality of 
quality of life and quality of church in a funny way. Uh, and a part one of the indicators in that is whether the thing is growing. So, you, you know, if you say this is a brilliant church, which is doing great things, but hasn't grown in 20 years, then, then there are, then, then there's a question there of how they're defining what a brilliant church is, I suppose, which is slightly dangerous ground. Cause I'm aware, yeah, I'm aware that some people are going to disagree with that. Um, but I, I, so I think having an understanding of your own view on it is quite important, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, and even how you talk about numbers with your people, I realized early on that I, it never, ever helped me to set a number target. So I want to be this many people by this time. Um, it never helped me. And we've done it again recently that the team that I'm leading really wanted to nail to a number. And I was always a bit reluctant, but I thought it might help. Um, and actually, we are getting close to it. But um, when we do finally hit that number, we'll have hit it far too much later than we thought we would. It's taken longer. Um, yeah. And I, I always found it a bit that a bit demoralizing. But also, I've never liked the idea where somebody says, oh, I've no idea how many people are turning up or how many we've got. I'm just, you know, I'm just looking at other things that are more spiritual because I. I numbers for me actually really helped me to follow up new people. Uh, I find it quite motivating following up um, making sure the church is really welcoming um, that uh, new people have a really good experience of interacting with CCM at every level on, you know, from websites to podcasts to turning up on a Sunday to uh, emailing us to all of those things. I want them to have a really good experience of that. And part of the drive in that is that I always want to add one more person uh, and so I think, you know, I want to remove every barrier for that, um, which is a bit of a, that's a definite church planter way of thinking, isn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's church planters really have to figure out how they're going to just deal with the issue of numbers, because um, it is important when you're starting that, that people come and that people keep coming and more people keep coming just so you can make the thing viable. But I mean, I remember saying to people before we moved and started the church that my goal was for us to get to kind of 20 to 25 adults. That's the sort of team that we wanted to start with. Um, and as, as in, I wanted that by the time we moved. And I think we probably had maybe 10 people we connected with by the time we moved. So then I just kept it pushing back. I was like, okay, well it's July. So by Christmas, yeah. you know, that's six months, that's ages away. We can get from 10 to 25 by Christmas. And we didn't. And in the end, it probably took nearly two years to get to 25 people. Um, so then I didn't set any more goals after that. But then to get the next 25 probably took about four months. It was it was crazy. So, <laughs> but I think you've just got to learn. Like, what, what, is is setting a goal for me? Is that going to be helpful? Um, and you're right. I think. For lots of people, it probably isn't going to be helpful. But at the same time, you do need to know what you're what you're going. And goals can be helpful in terms of like, well, when we've got that number of people, that means we can do we can start X thing. You know, we can start a Sunday service, or we can we can multiply our community groups. Uh, we can go from one group to two, or whatever. So you've got to have awareness of numbers and realize that you can't just be flippant about it, but protect your, your own heart in how you go on that journey. Yeah. I think there's a, um, there's a real, 
I need to be honest as well in about what's working and what's not working. And uh, numbers can be a kind of be a clear indicator of that and um, of whether something actually is a viable as a plant. I mean, it would be foolish to suggest otherwise, but I, I think I know for some of our plants, some of them have gone through phases where they've just rocketed uh, and done, you know, they just will add, like you said, they'll add 20 people in a few months and, you know, you feel like a revival's broken out. It's just brilliant. And, you know, you're seeing people get saved and you're baptizing and all, all sorts of things. It's great. And others where it's just a long slog to get the next few people in. Uh, and I've led both of those situations uh, and actually have done both in this term have led to one of which has grown real quick, added 25 people in like a couple of weeks almost. Uh, and another one which has added three people maybe in six months. Uh, one has seen people saved. One hasn't seen people saved. So, so you're working out what those things mean in those places actually, and working out whether there's a, a, a whether either of the, those is a warning signal. So actually, us we talk a lot about have, is there momentum, uh, and um, is this the plant that you need to put some energy and pace into? And sometimes you think I need to put energy and pace into the one that's not growing very much. When actually it might be the opposite. Maybe actually you need to give yourself a bit of a break. Just be happy with what it is and keep praying that God would do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. And I think not not defining yourself around those numbers either. Yes. Because, you know, I could say to you, Tim, right now, you're either a terrible leader because you've only added three people in six months. Yeah. Or you actually added 25 in two weeks. So you're an amazing leader. Yeah. And you can carry those things of oh, I'm, I'm being successful, when actually sometimes it's you're doing all the right things, but for whatever reason it's not growing. And it's it's maybe God's just trying to teach you something and yeah. or something else is going on. You just you just gotta be patient and yeah. not let not let the the stats define how good a leader you are or how bad a leader you are. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. So thinking about what faithfulness means, I guess, in that moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I, sometimes I think playfulness for, in some people looks like they're beating themselves over the head with a stick. That isn't necessarily playfulness. That might just be being bloody minded. Uh, but, and I, I think then being honest uh, about what the numbers are or what the data is actually is really in, is very important. Um, and I think uh, helping planters to realize we talked a little bit about this before, you know, what their own um, capability level is and their own leadership capacity. Um, and I've, I mean, it's hard to build science around this, but it looks to me like that there, there is often a, a kind of a, a real-term number limit on a, on a plant, which it, I, I don't know how you would define that, but I, I think a plant will grow to the whatever the city will allow at the time. Also, the, what the point in history is uh, and, uh, and the leader themselves um, now, you know, we, God can do an amazing thing and grow anything anywhere, but I, I, those seem, things seem to be true. Um, and so you've got to be honest about your own capability of gathering as well. And we talked about it last time. In that case, you know, allowing other leaders to come through who can add to your capacity is really helpful as well. So, I, yeah, it's, it, it's important to think about those things, I think. Yeah. Another thought that occurs in my head is, just about knowing 
the season that you're you're in, the kind of stage of life your church is in, because I, I remember um, one of our team quite early on having a, a picture about laying foundations, um, but he was a Dutch guy, and in England you lay foundations by you dig a trench and you pour cement into it, and you know I worked on a building site and it took about a week to do that whole process. But in, in the Netherlands, or at least in Amsterdam, they do it differently. You lay foundations by you get a massive pole and then you hammer it into the into the ground. And then you do, if it's just a small house, you do one at each corner. And you can hear it when they're doing it. You can hear like the thwack reverberating across the community. It's really loud. And these are massive poles, huge kind of industrial things that weigh them into the ground. Um, and the point he was making is that there was a season we were in of where God was laying foundations, but it just felt like we were being whacked over the head all the time. <laughs> we, and he was right, actually. And it was or it didn't necessarily feel encouraging at the time. But I think it was a really it was an encouragement to think oh, the numbers don't actually matter at this stage so much because the stage we're in is we're just we're just laying the foundations of these families living here and getting the foundation of even just our own family life, but the foundations of the church hammered in. And I guess that can, for churches that can happen in different seasons, but I think everybody has a stage where it's like, actually God's doing something different here now. And we just need to recognize that. that it's, it's okay that we're not bursting people out of the doors and windows to try and squeeze everybody in because there's something else is happening here that we just need to recognize. So I guess those that early stage, it was actually the your data was health, family health and capacity, really, and kind of settledness, I suppose. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, there was uh, some people we know were planting in a, a city that a foreign city to them, and within a few months of them being there, they're like, Tim, nobody's got saved yet, nobody's joined. I was like, come on, seriously, you just need to enjoy what it is to live in the city. Actually, Colin Barron, who um, who I work with closely here in Manchester, he'll often. That's his thing. He will say to planters, actually, you, when you move to a new place, you've almost got to treat it like a tourist a little bit and actually to fall in love with it a little bit, to, to find out what's fun about the place, to enjoy it. And actually, in those early days, months, sometimes first few years, uh, actually, the, the number of people you have is, is irrelevant um, um, and it isn't something even to put effort into. It doesn't matter that much. Yeah. Ah, it's interesting. Well, once again, I feel like we've had an interesting discussion, um, but perhaps not made any uh, conclusions. Uh, but that's all right. So uh, if you are listening to this podcast and you want to ask questions, you can just you can tweet us. So you could tweet me. I'm at T Simmons. What's your Twitter handle, Matt? I think our, our, our Twitter, Tim, is a bit of a sign of everything that's wrong with the world, because <laughs> I've noticed recently, I was looking the other day, that you have significantly more followers than me, which is a, just a huge distortion of reality, I think, which is what social media basically is. To somehow think that you're more popular than me seems ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, I'm at Matt Simmons. At Matt Simmons, right. At T. Simmons. I'm followed by at least 1,300 Russian bots, so I won't worry about it too much. Um, cool. Okay, we'll finish there. And thanks very much, Matt, um, looking at numbers today. Brilliant. Well, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And just a reminder, you can find the full notes on everything that Tim and Matt said at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 125. See you next time.